So the um, text that I am using today and um, our Sunday school lesson, the book that, I, that, we, that we teach from, we didn't, I didn't receive it till Friday. So I had started writing this and it is in John 1.1. 1, 1. And it is about the beginning. <laughs> and in our Sunday school lesson, it's about creation. And so they, they correlate, they go together. And so uh, the, the introduction or the, excuse me, the title of my message is, Before the Beginning Began, God Is. <laughs> I always like that. It sounds like a clicky thing to say. Before the beginning began, God is. And looking at that, we have eternity past. Then we have creation. God created God created, he created time. He created day and night, you know. And from that began time. And we have that time goes on until the uh, great white throne judgment and the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. And that's when time ends. So we are in this place called time from eternity past to eternity future. And here we are in what is called time. And so as we think of our time here on earth, it is, you know, uh, a day is as a thousand years in heaven. So, you know, just think, a thousand years is a day. How old will I be whenever I'm, <laughs> you know? So, we can think of it that way. Very positive thing to think. Well, there was once a lady who said that she didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. That he was not, he could not be someone who is eternal. And so, she believed that he was a good man. Um, she even admired some of his teachings and some of the things that he had left behind with his disciples. But strangely enough, she was particularly fond of the saying that Jesus has in, in John. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. She liked the idea of heaven. You know, and, and dealing with people and looking at things. How many would like to go to heaven? Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to go to heaven. You want to go now? No. <laughs> well, but the idea is, <laughs> we like the idea of heaven. And people always like the idea of heaven, but they don't like the idea of Bible, <laughs> Jesus, reading, praying. I'm not, I'm not into that. Well, the minister to whom this lady was speaking asked that she go home and that she read the Gospel of John. And as she's reading it, she used to cross out all of the things that would suggest that, that Jesus is divine. And she would say to herself as she's crossing it out, I don't believe that. I just don't believe that, and I don't believe that. So go through it and mark it up. Well, she thought it would be a good idea and pretty simple. So the minister gave her a New Testament. And, of course, she was to go home and mark out what she didn't believe. Well, she came back to the minister a week later, and the, the pastor says, well, how did that work for you? What did you decide? Well, she said, the truth is I found it hard to cross out whole chapters. <laughs> and I discovered the miracles and the teachings and his love for people, that that all had to go away. And I began to think of all those beautiful promises that are not in this life, but in the one to come. And how that I had to cut them out as if they were not true and that it could not exist for me. If it's like this, what I said before, that Jesus was not the Son of God, what will become of the beautiful promises, and what will become of me? As she thought about that, she stopped, she cried and prayed, Lord, I believe. <laughs> I believe that you are divine, 
I accept you as the Son of God. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. And the idea of this is sometimes we have to really go back and look at the things that we just question or doubt or call into question. You know, many people, well, you can't, you can't answer everyone's questions, but everyone has, maybe has some things that are very hard and very difficult to accept that God will or can do these things. Well, John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So before the beginning began, God is. Now, whenever it says the Word, it is referring to Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. The Aramaic Bible says, in the origin, the Word had been existing, had been existing. So we see that God existed before the beginning began. <laughs> you know, he always was. He always will be. He wasn't created, he is. And it's hard for us to grab that concept in our minds that God is always, always will be, always has been. So God in eternity past existed. So it says in the origin, in the original, in the time before time, the word has been existing. And that word had been existing with God. And that word himself is God. Uh, John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So we find that whenever we're talking about the Word of creation, we're talking about Jesus Christ. So if someone decided to come to your house, and he wanted to come at a special time, and he wanted to talk to you, we would have some type of assurance that he would come and have something that he wanted to speak to us about. Well, God has come to communicate to us a divine truth. He has come to communicate to us what he, God himself, is the revelation of God, and he has come to communicate that to us. So what is the expectation? Well, if we knew that God was coming, we would expect the word, that is Jesus himself, that the word has come to teach us, that he has come to teach us is something we could never find out on our own. So God has come to teach, to reveal, to impart, to tell us something we could never find out on our own. We can't think about it. I mean, we can't come up with it, conjure it up. We can't, you know, find it somewhere in all the writings that have ever been written that can only be found in the scriptures. So this leads us to see that God has come to express the distinctive character of the Godhead. Now, the reason I, I say it's so important it's important for us to understand who God is. Because sometimes whenever we pray, you know, I, I speak with people, and they, they tell me, well, I, I don't want to pray too much because I'll wear out my, you know, all, my allotment, okay? You know, where did you learn that? Well, you know, it's like being fed up with people who are always asking you for something. So what they've done is they've made God like themselves, and so a lot of people have that imagery that God is like me, <laughs> or he's like my, my father or my parent. And so we get this distorted imagery, imagery, and so it's important for us to understand the character of God. The character of God is love. God is not willing that any should perish. God's desire is that every human being would be with him in heaven. 
That's his desire. But we know people don't listen. <laughs> people don't have time for God, and they, they turn off that voice. They turn away from that longing, that desire, that tug of the Spirit for them to come and to know Christ as their Savior. We know that God is gracious. He is compassionate. He is slow to anger. <laughs> We're glad for that one. He's abundant in his love and his faithfulness. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's eternal. He's full of goodness. He is righteous. He is sovereign. He is jealous. <laughs> He's jealous. Imagine that. He is jealous over you because he is jealous if you turn your back on him to go away from him. He's jealous that he longs for you to be with you with him. And so God does not want us to, to leave. God does not want us to be on our own. The whole Bible supports the idea that God is speaking to us. When God speaks, creativity is in action. We studied in, in the Sunday school lesson this morning that creation is God created something out of nothing. There was nothing. The universe was blank. There was nothing but empty space. There was nothing. And God spoke and created what fills it. So when, we, when God speaks, he is creating. And we've said that, you know, there's a lot of books and things that talk about how that we are creating the atmosphere that we live in. <laughs> we create every day that we speak. We create what we speak and what we think of. Well, God creates the universe. He creates means he has created things from nothing. And that is so important because when we pray... God doesn't need something to work with. <laughs> he doesn't need something to work with. He just speaks and it comes. You know, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It doesn't, the substance exists, but it doesn't exist here. <laughs> it exists when God speaks it into existence. So whenever we are believing, we are believing for that which we cannot bring into existence, but God can. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what God is asking us is, and then this is why it's important for us to understand creation, because if God can create the universe and all the universes, solar systems, if he can create all of that out of nothing, answering my prayer is not so hard. It puts it in perspective that God can open the waters for Moses. He can cause manna to fall from heaven every morning or be brought up, spring up on the earth overnight for the children of Israel. He can, he can take, bring wa water out of a rock. You see, God isn't, these things are not impossible. Jesus can calm the storm with his voice. You know, peace be still. So we look at this, and God is the creative agent, and we then are the ones who are recognizing and believing in how God can create. And God moves in us by his spirit to look at, we can look at ourselves, we can look at our spiritual life, and we can say, what is it? And I believe the spirit is what challenges us. What is it that you need created? And believe for it and pray 
and God will direct your prayers. Doesn't matter what people say. It, you know, if God puts it in our spirit and we believe for it and we pray for it, God can do it. Now that God has spoken, and we know that God spoke, but we also know that God is speaking. So what God says to us in the scriptures is not for something past. It is for the present and the future. His word is the present. <laughs> we find that the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, but which he fills everything with his presence. Ephesians 1.23. That God fills everywhere that you go, God is filling there with his presence. Because you're there. Now, God is already there. Because we cannot be anywhere that God is not. But whenever we go, we must believe and understand that the presence of God is there with us. Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> the presence of God is there, and even more so because you're there. So here we've been speaking about his presence, but then we also have his voice. Psalm 33, 9, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Psalm 33, 9. Then Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's spoken of and, and outlined for us throughout the scriptures that when God created, it wasn't there first. He spoke it into, into existence. So one of the great truths with which we have to deal with is the voice of God that is spoken in the scriptures, but is also spoken to us. Now, whenever the scriptures were given, God, you know, it wasn't a dictation. The prophets didn't sit down and God dictated to them. God impressed upon them and, and moved upon their hearts and they wrote. Well, the impression that God puts on our hearts and minds is by his spirit. Now, if the psychiatrist asks you a question, says, do you hear voices? <laughs> uh, does that lamppost speak to you? That's not that kind of speaking. It's an impression upon our heart that comes from the word. And whatever God speaks to us never contradicts the word. <laughs> so the word of God is the final authority. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Through him all things were made. He spoke it into existence. He spoke the structure. <laughs> he spoke the structure into existence. The assembly, the erection, the arrangement, the, you know, the, the, the trees. I think of the, the tree trunks and the, and the um, palm tree and you know, all the different trees and how, what makes them up. The hardwoods and the softwoods and the pines and you know, all those different things, they're trees, but yet they're all different. But God spoke them into existence. Did you know the voice of God is the most powerful force in creation? I have a number of things here in Genesis, and I, I just put up a few here. Um, and Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light. There was light. 
1.6 of Genesis, God said, let there be a vault or an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. Verse 9, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry ground appear. Verse 11, and God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. It was done. Genesis 1.14, and God said, let there be light. <laughs> there was light. 1.20, and God said, let the water team with living creatures and let the birds of the air fill the, uh, let the birds fill the air. And so, and it was. Genesis 1.22, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase. God said over and over, it is God saying and speaking. So what does God say to us? What does he say to us? Well, what is impossible for you? If you can do it on your own, then you don't need God. So what is impossible in your life? What is it that you're thinking of? What is it that God is impressing on your life? And how does that fall into the category of impossible? What makes it impossible? Is it my limitations or is it people or, you know, what is it? Well, God challenges us to believe that nothing is impossible. And he, look, and we are challenged by the word from Genesis 1 to John 1 that God is capable of creating something out of nothing. So the Bible is the written word of God. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you don't know which way to go, we pray for the word to light our path. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, quick and powerful. You see, when the, we th look at the word and we study the word, the word of God is alive. It isn't history. <laughs> it isn't a letter. You know, <clears throat> I... I thought of the idea that if we look at the scripture and say, well, that was for the Old Testament, that was for the Jews, that was for the people in the church and around the time of Christ and after he died. So these letters were written to help those individuals out. The word is not a letter that God has sent to us because he couldn't be here. <laughs> this is not a letter sent to you because God couldn't show up. No. He is here, and his word is here, and he is here with his word, and the spirit is here with the word to help us bring that word to life inside of us. It's already alive and active. It's already speaking to our life and our hearts and giving us strength. Whenever we're sick, we can pray for healing. Whenever we are in trouble, we can pray for, or think of trouble coming, we can pray for direction. We look at our world around us, and we can believe that God is going to do what is right in his eyes. <laughs> Through him all things were made. This is John 1, 3. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. <laughs> Through him all things were made. And what was created was not created without him. <laughs> wow. God said, and it was so. These, twi these twin phrases, 
uh, appear over and over in the scriptures. They occur throughout Genesis, especially. And the, the purpose is God is here and that he is speaking these truths and other truths into our life. We find that God sent his word. What, what is his God sent his son. That's that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, the purpose of the word and the scriptures is for us to see the creative act of God. And later as we go through, as you would go through Genesis in, in our study, study in Sunday school, you're going to find out that man fell, that we strayed away from God. God provided a way back through Christ. And we find that God is so loving and caring that in the death of Christ, he provided for your forgiveness and for you and I to find eternal life in heaven and for you and I to pray in this world and in this life and find out that he is willing to answer our prayers. If we have faith to believe that he can create something out of nothing, he can help us. <laughs> he can answer our prayers. 2 Peter 1.21, For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man. So as we think about people writing the scriptures, Peter has the answer here. He says, The prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, we look at this. The Holy Spirit moved upon them to write. The same Holy Spirit moves upon us to interpret. The same Holy Spirit moves upon us to see the truth in the scripture that is spoken to our life. And again, it's not a booming voice. I always like that cartoon that the guys walk around, God, send me a sign, God, send me a sign. And this huge billboard falls out of heaven and splats right in front of them. And and, the, and they're written on a sign is, here's your sign. <laughs> here's your sign. Well, what did you want? I wanted a sign. Well, here it is. Now what are you going to do with it? Well, we're praying for the answer to our prayer. We're praying that God is still in charge. God, help me out here. <laughs> help me out here. I need, some, I need some direction. I need some peace. I need some whatever. So we're believing that nothing is impossible. So... John 1, again, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We find that the word is God. And that the same was in the beginning. Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And we read that in Genesis, let us make man in our image. We could say that that could be inver inverted there, inserted there. Us could be we. <laughs> Who is God speaking to? Well, he is speaking to Moses to let him know that God is plural. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is no singular. 
It is plural, and it speaks to us of the Godhead. And so that's whenever we look at Jesus coming, the Word of God made flesh, Christ came. And when he ascended to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so we find that the Spirit and the Word come together to help us to help us in our infirmities, to help us in our desires, to help us to to walk in the light as Jesus is the light. So then for us to see Jesus, he is the living word. He spoke the universe into existence. To see Jesus before the Gospels, We read the Gospels and we see Jesus, the Son of God, coming and being with us. But before the the (laughs) Gospels, that's a new word, before the beginning and the Gospels, John wrote about it, before the beginning began, so back in creation, this Jesus is here. And you know what? He knows all things and he knows us. He knows you. He knows the intimacy of your thoughts, and he knows what's going on in your life. He knows what you long for. And he wants to bless, fulfill, bring to pass all that he has promised in your life. Can you imagine God who spoke the world into existence and we presenting our prayers to him? And from our perspective, we're saying, well, you know, God, this is a big, this is a big thing to us. <laughs> God says, wait, what? What, big thing? I created everything. I created the universe. I put the sun, moon, and stars in place. And what you're asking for is too big? You see, so if we look at the magnitude and the greatness of God and then see all of that in place in creation, we bring it to the point where... (laughs) In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. God puts the whole universe in place. You mean he can't run and help and direct our life? (laughs) See, that's how we want to see the picture. Get the big picture. So he knows the need, the fault, the sin of our life because he created us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so as we pray for direction, we pray that God would would save, restore, and bring us to the place where he wants us to be. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. So we've looked at God's presence, we've looked at God's voice, and we look at the idea that he is the light of life. Where Jesus is, light dispels darkness. All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of one candle. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and he (laughs) lights up our life. He lights up our path in which we should travel. So, what does all this mean? We need to look at how big God is. We need to see God, that he knows us, he loves us, He knows where this universe is going. He knows where this planet is going. He knows where our neighborhood is going. He knows where we're going. And and he depends upon us to fill this place with his presence because we are his children. And wherever we go, he is even more prominent. So we want to know that he loves us. 
We want to know that he listens to you. He listens to us. What hurts us hurts him. It's the type of God he is. He knows what your thoughts are. That's why he wants us to have a pure heart and a pure mind to think on the things that are lovely, that are true and of a good report. You see, we have to train ourselves to do that because there are a lot of things that are not lovely, that are true, and that are of a good report. So that means turn off the TV. (laughs) Sometimes turn off the news. Listen to God. Read his word. You see, we need to make sure that we're not going through the scriptures crossing out things. (laughs) We just cross out things. God is saying, don't cross that out. That's important. It's my word, and if I put it in there, it's in there for a purpose. You see, we don't take a a doctrine and take one verse out of context and say, "This this uh, this is what we believe. No, it has to fit in throughout the scriptures. It fits in and create God, the creator, the sustainer, fits in from the very beginning to the gospels, to revelation, to the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. God wants us to believe. God could just do things. God could, you know, he could just speak things into existence, but he wants you to speak them into existence. He wants you and I to see the need and believe that he is capable of doing that through us and in our life and in the world around us. So he could just do it on his own, but he chooses to use you <laughs> to ask without doubting, to trust without wavering, To believe that his ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. You see, the whole idea is God desires to walk with you. In Genesis, God created Adam and Eve and he walked with them in the cool of the day. I believe that's what God wants from us. He wants to walk with you. Wherever you're at, Whatever we're doing, God is already there. We just need to remind ourselves. And if he walks with me, then I'm conscious of his help. I'm conscious of his protection. I'm conscious that he is leading my steps. And the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. God will order your steps. So, in our life, are we crossing out certain sections of the scripture? No, don't do that. But let us turn our faith to God and let us release our faith to believe nothing is impossible with God. So what is it that you would consider impossible? Think about it. And then remember creation. From nothing he spoke it into existence. Then we see what we are praying for is not that great. And the blessings of God, there's the reservoir of God's blessings that are never diminished with use. They just, cannot, they just keep on flowing because God is eternal. He is all-powerful. He's all-loving. And he, do, he desires to bless his children. He desires to fulfill his plan on this planet through you and I. 
Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us, you care for us, and God, you are the creator, sustainer, the life giver. Lord, we know there is evil in this planet. We know that evil has come to deceive and and to trick and to lie, but God, we know you have come to give us truth and life and light. We pray that we would be able to see the difference, that the light of Christ shine in our hearts and minds. We would see what evil is, but we would also see what goodness is and how the power of your love and the power of your presence, the power of our prayers. Guide us, we pray. Protect us, we ask. Bless our families and call them closer to you. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And who created this place? (laughs) God did. Amen.